Hi everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of the Legal Wolf podcast which was set up to raise awareness of and tackle the stigma surrounding mental health not only within the UK but around the world. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Dr Simon Kehonye who is the Director of Mental Health in Kenya. Good morning doctor. Good morning Steve. So, first of all, Doctor, just for the listeners, would you be able to provide a bit of background about yourself and also the work that the Ministry of Health do in Kenya? Okay, thank you, Stephen, and all the listeners. Yeah, my name is uh, Dr. Simon Juguna. I'm the Director of Mental Health Kenya. Uh, I'm in charge of uh, policy formulation and technical guidance at the ministry level on issues of mental health. I've been in this role for the last five years, but I also worked at a policy level for the last 10 years. Um, by training a psychiatrist who has also been in the practice apart from doing administrative policy work. And what we are doing in Kenya right now is trying to ensure that uh, we build up systems which are resilient, responsive, and are working on a human rights-based approach towards issues of mental health. We are actually implementing Quality Rights uh, mm. Mental Health Initiative in Kenya, which is an initiative by WHO. And this aims to bring a paradigm shift in the way we look at mental health, to bring an approach which is uh, as a human right touch and bring a, a shift in the, the way services are provided, the services with a human rights approach and they are recovery oriented. Okay, wow. So it, it, it's very involved work in terms of implementing the WHO's quality rights initiatives. Um, how do you go about implementing those quality rights? Yeah, that's very important because this has uh, been a, a new initiative and bring a whole uh, paradigm shift. We are bringing all stakeholders together, starting with people with uh, lived experience, uh, working with the human rights body or institutions, working with the caregivers, but then also bringing in the mental health professionals who are service providers and also the policy makers. But then also bringing the general public, people from different uh, 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 aspects of life, you know, people in the media, people who are big influencer in our society, uh, people in the community, people in schools, uh, especially medical training colleges, because we really need to have these uh, uh, put in the training curricula. And so we are trying as much as possible to bring as many people as possible to be part and part of this process so that we can influence the public, we can change the attitude, and also we can have people have the knowledge about this new approach in transforming mental health services. And have you noticed a change in... Uh, how mental health is perceived with these quality rights being implemented? Or is it too early to say at this stage? No, we have been in this process now. I think it's our second year, but we have seen quite some uh, uh, drastic changes. I would first by describing how mental health is perceived in Kenya. Yeah. When you talk about mental health in Kenya, people don't see the mental awareness but they see the mental illness, which is more perceived or associated with a lot of uh, sociocultural uh, attributes, uh, myths, and also misconception. You know, people, uh, they don't,
don't see mental illness as a disease or also see the mental health as a well-being which every human being should have that kind of well-being so they will have uh, stereotypes and taboos like it could be uh, something associated with some social cultural uh, things which has happened like you are bewitched or you are cast others with the religious uh, uh, misconception will see you like you are possessed with demons or you have done something wrong and then this is a punishment from a religious perspective and so this tends to bring the aspect of uh, uh, discrimination uh, to people with rape experience not getting the right care and uh, human rights violation but the conversation around the quality rights is bringing forth a new understanding about uh, mental health it's also bring a new understanding about mental illness and issues about psychosocial intellectual and cognitive disabilities yeah. as issues which requires um, uh, a health approach a human approach uh, an approach which brings the inclusion and be able to make these people be empowered to live independently and so as a as a country when we are doing this initiative we are trying to educate people reminding them as a country it's an obligation because we have ratified the conventions of the rights of persons with disability it's also the good thing to do as human being because mental health is for all of us mental illness can affect any one of us yeah. and we would best the way we would wish to be best treated is the way we should treat anyone else and so this is bringing an opening up of this conversation uh, people trying to see yes things are different but i would say as we go on more implementing the program uh, probably in 2 years it be the best time to assess the impact but in terms of uh, the feedbacks we are getting uh, we are on the right track okay great i mean i have noticed from my conversations with a variety of people on this podcast that there still seems to be a distinction between physical health and mental health um whereas you can't have one without the other because they are both interlinked and they are both just as important as each other um how can we reduce the stigma and normalize the conversation doctor i mean one one of the things that i've mentioned on this podcast multiple times is about education and educating people in schools as to what mental health is make them aware of mental health how they can get support of obviously make it age appropriate so we don't scare them off um but i mean what are your thoughts on what further work can be done in in order to make mental health more accepted yeah so true what you mentioned the the there exists quite a huge disparity between uh, physical uh, mental health from all perspective from the way people uh, uh, con- uh, perceive the different aspect of health from the care provided in various uh, uh, healthcare facilities from the investment done on health as well as mental health yeah. and so as it always say that there is no health without mental health and this has been our slogan and a key word when we are pushing for this realization that there is no physical health or is no general health 
without mental health. But as you are saying, to make this well understood and uh, make people change in terms of policies, practices, uh, we are looking at uh, uh, very innovative ways in which we can uh, address issues of mental health. And this is actually bringing the issues of mental health literacy, uh, basically from the early stages of the learning process in schools. And so we are taking initiative working with the schools, uh, the teachers, the learners, one of the uh, of the things we are looking forward is even having the the teachers be trained on quality rights, and then they are able to pass this knowledge to uh, to their learners. Then, from working with schools, we are looking at uh, creating a, a whole uh, arena of uh, awareness through uh, you know having campaigns, uh, awareness and advocacy campaigns, and trying to get into have champions. In quality rights, we have what we call quality rights champions. And mostly these are people with lived experience, people with different influences in our society, so that they can bring more awareness. And then people can start seeing that we need, need more investment, or mental health is as important as physical health. And all of it is the total health. There is no physical health without the, the mental health. So these are conversations we are using mental health champions who are awareness campaign, then about integrating mental health in the general health care services, making sure uh, whenever we talk about HIV care, mental health is part of it. When you're talking about maternal health, HIV, uh, maternal, uh, mental health is part of it. So basically trying to integrate as much as possible, but then also having services really at the community level. Uh, this is part of uh, what we call the primary health care uh, model in our country where we want community mental health based services and working together with the, the people with lived experience to provide peer-to-peer -peer support and also your caregiver. So that we create that kind of a relationship where there is uh, the people in the community, the people with lived experience, the healthcare providers working together and be able to realize that uh, mental health is an integral part of health. So th those are some of our our initiative and we are very lucky that our president his excellency has really supporting mental health he has uh, committed to support mental health he set up a directive which uh, led to uh, a task force report last year and then all kenyans contributed towards what they want uh, for mental health and some of these are the issues also that people are saying that they want to see more awareness. They want to see more investment. They want to see mental health integrated. They want to see mental health at the community level. And so it looks like uh, people are talking in one language. I think now is to move to doing more investment and bringing uh, more people to uh, undertake this work. Well, that sounds absolutely fantastic that the president is fully behind improving awareness around mental health and the model that you described in terms of the primary care model in terms of supporting the community that sounds really good as well um and then another topic i would like to touch on in terms of um reducing the stigma would be around film and tv and in my experience of watching films on the television they they obviously have a big reach to people and one of the things that i've noticed which saddens me in a way 
is that the first film that people think of when mental health is mentioned is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which Jack Nicholson was in uh, many, many years ago. Uh, Yet there's so many other films that promote mental health in a positive light, such as A Beautiful Mind, Last Christmas, there's the recent thing on Netflix called Social Dilemma. Um, uh, What are your thoughts in how we can portray mental health on the big screen and the small screen, Doctor? Yeah, that's really very important and I think uh, if you are to achieve a lot is uh, to normalize around the conversation of mental health, <laughs> bring it in the terms of uh, what's really majority of the people, like especially the young people. One thing in, in our country, the majority of the people are the young people, they are the more affected by issues about mental health. And we know issues about media, uh, issues about art, issues yeah. about uh, entertainment. These are the areas where you can easily reach the young people and uh, you'll be able to get their attention, they'll be able to uh, you know, come in big numbers. And so this is uh, one of the, the strategies we are applying trying to address the issue of stigma. And like in our country, we have had uh, various programs, even in our college life program, especially to do with the media. We are using a lot of social media, conducting webinars. Uh, then also these webinars are very interactive uh, uh, sessions where we conduct them in a form of a campaign. Like last year, we conducted a campaign which brought very many people to enrolling in our training. Mm-hmm. And this campaign involved, uh, and then there are like places you, you provide for those people who are able to enroll or do best in the, in the training. And then also, you ask them to bring their various aspects like uh, issues about uh, art. You know, they they provide uh, some uh, art activities. We have had, we have held some, uh, uh, we have held some uh, sessions or open, you know, sessions where people are able to do poems. We have poets who are able to have spoken words, uh, you know, describing their experience and what they think about mental health, people exhibiting uh, their drawings and their various artwork. We are also thinking about going to the schools where we can have some ethic competitions around issues of mental health. And this will, uh, the best way for the young people to learn about mental health, engaging them to do their research and do some essays around some various topics. And so probably these are some of the ways to combat stigma. Then there are people who are highly known as media personality with big influence to you know their their audience uh, and we are engaging these people we did uh, a radio campaign last year uh, we call it a mental health minute and where within that one minute we'll have a message on mental health and these are programs radio programs with wide you know listeners and they come at the prime time and, and so this is able to reach a, a wide audience and we're having more people getting interested and rolling even the training. And then also people who are in the fashion industry, we have engaged uh, some of the, the, the beauty pigeons to be part of the champion of the, of, the, of the quality life. And these are people whom the young people, you know, thinking about fashions, about self-image, 
they really look upon these uh, influencers and they have been uh, part and parcel of us trying to advocate and champion the aspect of quality rights and addressing the issues of stigma, people understanding what is human rights, issues of disability, and how we should be able to, you know, from our language, from the way we, the, the care we give must be of quality, and uh, the way we should empower people and have them included in our society. So these are some of the, the strategies we are using, and we are looking forward to working more with the media, especially the social media and also the, the radio media, the radio broadcast. But then also creating films, you know, have small films. Some of our Kenyans participated in the World Health Organization uh, Film Festival last year. They went to the various stages of the competition. But we have also been able to make some small videos. Small videos even of our cabinet secretary with the equivalent of the minister, uh, other key personality in our society, just having a message. And these are messages which are very powerful when they get up to the community. And also people with lived experience, we have done videos, put them in our YouTube. And this, I can say, I think is the way to reach the majority of the population, especially the young people. It's appealing, it's entertaining, it, it's making the, the conversation about mental health cool. Yeah. And we have many slogans in our country like it's okay not to it's, it's okay not to be okay, you know, using even tattoos uh, to pass message to the young people that mental health is just like any other aspect of health. It shouldn't be embraced and you should treat people with mental illness and other form of psychosocial disability. A lot of humanity, compassion, love and make sure that their rights are respected and they're included in the society. Absolutely agree. And I, I also agree with your point in terms of when we try and talk to young people about mental health, we need to put it in a in a medium or a form that they can relate to. So obviously you have the YouTube videos, you've got the various types of social media, um, which I think is is also key and in regards to um covid19 do you feel that mental health has become more talked about since covid because everyone seems to be in a similar position with the same anxieties and worries do you feel that this has accelerated the conversation around mental health doctor yeah, very good question, Steve. I think the COVID-19 pandemic has come in two ways. One, where it has really adversely impacted on people's mental health, and we are looking at even this being a big concern as we, we move into the future, you know, in the new state of the living with the COVID-19 pandemic and also in the recovery. But then also it has brought opportunities apart from the negative impact in terms of the bringing to the fore the conversation around uh, mental health. In our country, uh, mental health and psychosocial support is one of the key pillars within the National Task Force in addressing or responding to the COVID-19 pandemic. And I will tell you, at the beginning when this process started, I don't think it's one of the things which came into the people's mind. People thought about, you know, point of entry, disease surveillance, you know, issues about uh, the various protocols, public health protocols, 
but within a short time there was fear growing within the population you know issues of contagion issues about what may happen in terms of uh, the losses which may come with the pandemic yeah. and it didn't take very long within a short time a lot of in focus was put on mental health and became one of the pillars of the response and i can say we have seen fruits from that attention we are seeing some investment especially getting a mental health professionals recruited into the response especially counselors and psychologists whom i would say in our country were not central to the the healthcare professionals now we are seeing growing numbers of investment recruiting them training to provide the psychosocial support from more various levels we having people even healthcare workers really okay. whom sometimes they would focus in the areas of specialization asking for psychosocial support and uh, what we have been able to invest around this area is the use of technology yeah. the telemental health services have come in a in a big way to help us in terms of reaching a wide audience providing training providing psychosocial support we reducing risk especially even to the people in the isolation area their families and also healthcare workers and uh, we are continuing you know putting this emphasis that uh, one of the big areas of focus in the recovery from the pandemic is the issues of mental health because we know the losses in terms of livelihood in terms of life in terms of the disruption in their normal way of people doing their business has traumatized people and we are expecting a, a surge in mental health condition and also even a worsening of mental health condition of people with existing conditions of yeah. existing mental so it has an impact but also has brought an, an, an opportunity by making policy makers and other people who may bring investments putting a focus on mental health because they are feeling it themselves so now it's not something about someone else it's about all of us and so we are asking where is the mental health services where are the people to give us mental health uh, input so i really uh, in a default uh, situation we have found ourselves in liking that people are now embracing mental health and i hope if we continue with this momentum we start seeing more investment and changes in the area of mental health yeah no i could not agree any any more to what you've said doctor and are there any projects currently ongoing in regards to global mental health development yeah we, we have quite a lot of uh, projects going around the, the, the core aspect about global mental health development uh, in terms of uh, when we look at a uh, project that they can quality rights project we going to look beyond uh, the implementation and try to to have some uh, such component to it in terms of trying to see uh, the implementation science uh, trying to assess the impact in terms of uh, uh, the work we'll be doing in quality right mental health initiative also trying to see the work happening right now with the mental health and psychosocial support during this uh, time responding to the COVID-19 pandemic. And our aim is to try and see the kind of data we we'll, uh, deliver from the work which is ongoing 
can we be able to scale up this work? There's some of the work in terms of scaling up the work. And more than not scaling up the work in terms of uh, informing practice and, and, and policies, especially with quality rights, we want to influence the policies towards uh, community-based mental health services, transforming mental health services to have a more human rights approach and recovery-oriented uh, uh, kind of approach. We are also undertaking a major uh, uh, project, what we call the mental health investment case. Uh, basically, is try to see the interventions we have on the ground and their returns on investment and how this can be used to argue a case to the financiers, uh, to the people allocating budget in terms of that this is the, the overall uh, returns on investment when you make intervention on mental health. And the, the returns are not only in the areas of health, but also in the socioeconomic development. So these are things we are really looking at and also working within the big parameters of the, uh, the SDG, Sustainable Development Goals, trying to see that mental health is not only looked at uh, the health issues, but the development issues. So we are really much working with the various, there's a caucus on SDG within the country, and it's advocating on many issues, in, uh, investment, awareness, financing, and especially right now, our key agenda in the country is the universal health, universal health care. And so all these issues uh, joined with the, 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 the research we are doing and the surveys will not only inform the practice, but will also inform the policies and will also help us to scale up the various projects we are undertaking and also be able to work within the global mental health perspective. Fantastic. There, there sounds like there is a lot going on, which is really great to hear. And what would your future vision be, Doctor, as to how mental health is perceived, not only within Kenya, but around the world? Yeah, I would start to look at, looking at the, the, the past so that I can see what the kind of a future I'm seeing from where we are. Yeah. If I look at the past when I got into working in the area of mental health, the the conversation around of the conversation on mental health was unheard in this country, but now it's the one dominating uh, our media. You know, our media conversation. I don't see two, three days going without a conversation around mental health. If you look in the social media, everyone is talking about mental health, and the shame which has been there. People are coming out saying, "I've had the experience in terms of living with the mental health conditions. I'm feeling like my mental health is." getting affected so it's becoming a conversation so i'm looking from where we are going i can say i'm very hopeful i'm looking at a future where i'm very hopeful and i look at our at our vision within our kenya mental health policy our vision is that we are looking at a future where mental health will be prioritized and persons with mental health conditions will not be treated will not be treated with any form of stigma and discrimination so I'm seeing us realizing that vision as soon as possible where we will transform mental health services, the issue of stigma will substantially come down and it will become no more to talk about mental health. Yeah. And then also about mental awareness. We'll have more people coming out to seek for mental awareness 
in every other aspect, either in their workplace, whether in the school, in the family. So I'm seeing mental health being more embraced, and actually that's my vision, as I've mentioned. What we have in our, in our policy is that uh, we're looking at a future where mental health is treated, mental illness or people coming with mental illness are not treated with, yeah. with any form of stigma and discrimination. And I think we are on a mission towards that. Yeah, no, absolutely. What one hundred percent agree with that, and by the sounds of it, with everything that you're doing, you're certainly making great strides to achieve that, Doctor. And just finally, I, I always like to end on a light-hearted question, um, and the question is that if you could sit down with anyone for one night they be in a very inspirational figure either dead or alive fiction or non-fiction and you just had one night with them to talk to them who would it be and why yeah if i i know this is hypothetical but if, if i had this opportunity to have a to have a talk, an inspirational talk with someone. I would say I would want to have this conversation, a cup of coffee with with our president. And our president is uh, on his final term. And I'll ask him that uh, I know you have had a commitment on mental health. And I would see before you leave office in the next one year, can we have a situation where it becomes like is a key slogan that Men, there is no health without mental health and have this embraced by all aspects about our politics because politics in our country really are quite influential in a lot of things which happen and we have to agree that uh, politics uh, are necessary towards uh, making developments and making some achievement in mental health and I would want to have that commitment that probably in uh, his motorcade can have that emblem that there's no health without mental health and it becomes uh, the, the key driving slogan within our politics because uh, politics really drives people's adrenaline and probably if that is a slogan probably would have the people's adrenaline driven in a positive way that that uh, they, 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 they start making this call we have the call from the population that we really need mental health there is no health without mental health. There's no development without mental health. So I think that's uh, really what I would really push for our president if you have to have a cup of coffee with him to inspire the people and to make it a political inspiration to bring change because we really need politics to, to change things in mental health. Well, Developments in social economical and health do not happen without politics. And I think even at a global level, we need that kind of politics. Yeah. Yeah, well, you never know, because if the president listens to this, you might get your wish, Doctor, to have a sit down and have a chat with him. Um, so I would just like to finish by thanking you for being a guest on this podcast and highlighting all the good work that you're doing within Kenya with the WHO Quality Rights Initiative and that it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Doctor, so thank you. So thank you, Stephen, for having me and uh, this opportunity to talk to 
the audience that there is no health without mental health and actually we need solidarity and we need to bring our politics to make change in mental health. And that concludes today's episode with Dr Njuma, who is the Medical Director for the Ministry of Health in Kenya. Please feel free to leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode. And also like and follow the Illegal Wolf LinkedIn and Instagram pages to stay right up to date with the latest content. Thank you.